0: Welcome back, everybody, to Rules of the Arena podcast number 67. My guests this week are Chris and Connor of the hardcore band Arabella. Arabella formed in 2017 and since then has released two EPs titled Kingdoms and The Familiar Grey, which just came out. They are looking to combine the raw motion with melodic elements of heavy aspects of hardcore. They've been and they have been waiting on the edge of their seats for Lockdown to end and for shows to return, so they can show everyone just how hard they have been working. I can test this. They put on an awesome show. We talked about a little bit just a couple weeks ago down in Chicago. Had a great time and had a great time talking with them. I hope you guys enjoy.
1: So I started. I start. I we went to that show, and that just like changed my whole life. I got obsessed with Miss May I. I just spun into Metalcore. Chris showed me Parkway Drive when we finally met, um, and you know I just totally cascaded through there. And so you know to the point now where like I have too many bands that I listen to, and yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tough to go back to some of the stuff. And you know, so. Yeah, I, you know, I, I now I'm kind of like the Justin in his scenario where like I show other people these bands and uh, you know get them into that music. But it, it, you know, I never had anyone being
2: like, "Bro, check this shit out, man." It's actually really like Parkwood Drive is one of those bands that I had the uh, so one that, of the that,
0: uh, or from there. I mean, how did yeah. you end up picking up guitar? Was it or bass? Sorry.
1: Oh, so I played... it. Yeah, I guess. Sorry. So, I so, and um, like the sixth grade, I wanted to start playing guitar. I got like a PD, uh, I got like a PD starter kit Like you can buy it for like 150 bucks. You can buy like the little hundred watt amp and the, the starter guitar with a cable and, uh, started taking lessons. Um, and then I didn't start, I wanted to be in a band, but I didn't fucking know what I was doing. So, uh, I finally got, uh, then probably my sophomore year in high school, I think, um, I got my first real guitar. It was, it's a, it was a studio, Les Paul Gibson, um, with humbuckers. I mean, it's like the real, it was like totally don't mean to talk Sean Gibson, but let's just be real here. That company's kind of gone to the shitter in the last 10 years. Um, and I feel very fortunate because I got one of the last guitars before they started to just completely dip in quality. And I still have that guitar. Uh, so I, I continued with lessons throughout high school, started a, started a band in high school, Guess what? It was an it was a Metallica ripoff band. We were fucking. Uh, we were called Blackened Death, which was literally a mixture of the song Blackened and Creeping Death, and we just yeah. And we were awful. That's it. We nailed it. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, I just I played that type of music. Uh, got out of high school, joined a, uh, you know, I joined a uh, like, kind of like a shitty little punk rock band. Uh, from And then one night after our last show in that band, we were called Without a Sound, and the last night that we played a show, I actually met Chris, and uh, we ended up parting ways with the singer. Chris stepped up, we changed the whole band name, the whole dynamic, everything, uh, and then um, that was a band called Known by Numbers that we worked for a while, and then we finally came into Arabella.
2: We rebranded like three separate times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, and for the, I mean, for the, you know, your professional training, I mean, is there, is there, are, there, are there teachers out there? So I grew up with in a classical background, both my like parents are band directors or were band directors, retired now. Lucky you. Right. Well, eh, some days, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you go to high school and they're not exactly teaching you how to be in a metal band or hardcore no, style or yeah, anything like no, that. Yeah. So. No. Were you to find someone to help you do that? Because it's real easy and, you know, you hear stories no. almost every few years about, you know, so-and-so had to have surgery on their vocal cords because they got the polyps growing on them. I mean.
2: Oh yeah, no. Um, I did the, uh, so I feel like also to, with the Justin stuff, Justin lives in Texas and has never like that made it really difficult. Cause it's not like I can just go meet his friends that were into the same music too. It's really just like I had him, uh, and I was sent to a uh, like a private school, a private military school, uh, small class, and like he said, with kids uh, like in his great age group and stuff, growing up there weren't really any kids around that were into the same style of things that I was into and exploring and things like that. Um, so, and I didn't really know how to get involved in uh, like the local scene at age 15 by myself too you know. Yeah, that
1: was one of the biggest yeah. problems for me too is that like where I I was from like nowhere in, I shouldn't say nowhere near Chicago but I was like an hour hour, hour like an hour or so away yeah. from Chicago. So like while all these bands and people in the Chicago scene were like exploring and doing all these crazy shit and being exposed to new sounds and new different local bands stuff like that there was none of that going on out by us. Right. So like we yeah. thought we were the shit for where we were at.
2: Yeah. So basically I like YouTube and Google were my my best friends. Um there's a lady by the name, Melissa Cross, that is also like super popular in the whole like Warped Tour scene of music of metal and hardcore and punk, where she uh, uh, is like a screaming instructor. She has a couple DVDs. I got those and those helped a little bit. Um, but the voice is also such like a, a weird instrument because it's not like seeing somebody play a guitar and have her, having their fingers placed incorrectly or something like that you can't just be like oh you're holding it wrong or like well, something' just like bam, that. Ah, quick face. Yeah, yeah yeah um so it really is just uh, a lot of visualization um and a lot of kind of communicating with yourself and am i at my limit today uh can i try this new thing how do i feel about that new thing how did my body feel about that new thing um it's a lot of just guesswork really and just Yeah. Guessing trial and error and a lot of (laughs) air. Yeah. A lot of that was the same for me too.
1: Like I, when I was in that band in high school, I was the front man. And, um, I through time I learned to like clean up my voice and "Ah," sound like, like much cleaner instead. But in high school, man, it was all about the rasp. I was all like, yeah, okay. Like I was all about that shit. And, um, again, I had, there was no, uh, Like, I was in guitar lessons at the time, but I didn't take voice lessons until I was, shit, like, 21, 22. And I took those for about three. Like, you remember when I started doing Mm -hmm. that? I took those for about three years. Yeah, Um, Because it was funny. They had suggested, politely, they were like, hey, have you ever thought about vocal lessons? And I was like, no. And so. (laughs) What are those? Yeah. So, uh, I found it. So, this is kind of where I have that, like, cool but, you know, how some people are like, yeah, I, I got taught by fucking Kirk or Kirk Hammett was taught by like some legendary guitarist. I can't remember who it is, but I know he was like a legendary guitar player. I kind of had my little moment with that, with my voice, my vocal coach. She was the she was like one of the opera coordinators for like major operas that came through Chicago. And uh, I would go to her apartment once a week. And we would do forty-five minute sessions, and through that, like I was able to expand my range. I was able to figure out, like, you know, where harmonies and stuff sit. So it it really was this big eye opener for me. I wish I would have done it, you know, obviously yes. earlier. But
2: um, it's
0: crazy. It's always twenty twenty.
2: Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And, and it's wild to the stuff you can apply from things like that into other aspects. Like I did the voice lesson thing too, and. I was like uh, trained in like the like to do like classical stuff like you were talking about as well. I learned how to uh, sight read and things like that Um, and then was taught how to uh, project like opera. Um, So then I had to do opera for a while and Broadway stuff which is insane to think about and it's just crazy how relating stuff like that to uh, like screaming and basically just like yelling and learning how to apply those methods and elements of that uh practice and that instruction to like this harsh completely different style of vocals and see what can and can't carry over and it's actually surprising the amount of stuff that does carry over Mm -hmm. from stuff like that into like metal vocals and hardcore vocals for you to do it like properly right it's funny because like i was
1: talking actually to somebody today Because I I actually showed someone uh, at work, uh, our our band, and Mm -hmm. they were like, dude, the question that I always get, I'm sure you probably always get it too, is like where they're like, does your vocalist throat or voice suck after that? And it's like, no, like just like singing, there is a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. Not unless you're sick. (laughs) Or yeah, or you're sick, you know, but that's, that's neither here nor there. But like, you know, it's, you're like Chris was saying, your voice is a muscle, it's an instrument. So like, it has to be fine tuned. You got to constantly keep up with it, you know, to the point where like, you can do a full set, you know, of harsh vocals, screaming style, get off stage and still be able to talk perfectly clear. Like, you know, there's, there's just a right way and a wrong way to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. And just some from the outside, I've never had the desire to be in a band professional wallflower. Through all all of high school and
2: yeah, that's that's a cool, that's a cool band name, Professional yeah. Wallflower. That yeah. is pretty sick. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> <Huh>, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but so cool. I, I didn't
0: hear I never thought about opera or Broadway translating into you know any style of band for that matter until uh, I think his interview. I want to say Howard Jones.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard? Oh um, yeah, because like that power. dude can not belt. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: It's like oh. So that's why he can just knock it out of the ball.
2: Yeah. yeah. And he has that, like, I don't know if deep is the right word, but his voice is definitely lower than a lot of people in that genre. Mm-hmm. And he was still able to, yeah, like make his low vocal register soar a bit more to make uh it's like offset that. And yeah, he's really talented. Howard Jones is incredible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how did you guys end up meeting each other and, if, wouldn't you I know you kind of glossed over you know there's a been yeah. before but how did Arabella come to be what it is now
2: so we met through uh austin our bassist um he was already in that punk rock band with
1: yeah. me and he entered the like i said the last night of that show the last
2: show we played that night he introduced the two of us Yeah, um' or all of us we guys. uh me and him went to the same community college Uh, then we just started hanging out because we would always wear the same, like, uh, like band shirts. And like, that was obviously like, Oh, love that band. Started talking about it, started hanging out, became friends, um, would go to like their shows, uh, here and there. And I wasn't in a band, had never been in a band, just kind of did the vocal thing, um, I guess as a hobby.
0: Uh, and you mentioned before that, you know, you wanted to be a front man. Was that still in the yeah. back your mind at this point Were you.
2: Yeah. Um, I was, I was searching for stuff. It was a get, one of those things again, where it was like, I don't even know how to meet people or uh, how to really like get into this community.
0: So you just got to corner at the merch booth yeah, exactly. away from you.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I got really lucky that Austin was like in a class with me and we, just hit it off because you're both just like two awkward kids (laughs) that had nothing else to talk about other than like I know the words on your shirt so like let's talk about that. That's how it always goes right like two metalheads meet each other and they're (laughs) like like there's there I saw this funny ass video on the internet like a while ago of like these two
1: dudes that walk into a gas station and one's wearing like an Exodus shirt the other's wearing like a Slayer shirt and they see each other and they both stop and they're like and they instantly like become best friends like that's totally how that shit
2: works yeah um so for for Arabella to like how that became a thing. Uh, we all started jamming together. Uh, I auditioned and we had, uh, basically like me, Connor and Austin. Um, we had a different guitarist, different drummer, and went through a bunch of drummers. Uh, we were that other band that he mentioned. And as we lo- kept developing and brought in these new members, especially when we found Giovanni, uh, our lead guitarist, uh, our sound and we basically got a lot more focused instead of being scatterbrained of let's try this and this and this, he really brought, uh, like a focus. He really brought a a focus to us. Yeah. A direction for what we wanted to do and what we could do and what we were good at. Um, and everyone started to really step up their skills at that point. The writing process has got a little more fluent control. Right. And it was at that point we were looking at, uh, our band name, our aesthetic, how we were presenting ourselves, how we were marketing ourselves, and we decided it wasn't really fitting how we were sounding and where we wanted to go, and the bands we wanted to play with, and the things we wanted to accomplish. So then we just did a full rebrand. Uh, while we were in the studio recording the first record, yeah, when that's we when the King King that's King. when yeah. the rebrand happened.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you know this or not, and maybe it's not the same now, but Facebook. Uh, is a bitch of a time to change any kind of if you if you have a certain amount of followers on Facebook to change your name from something to another thing is is a real nightmare. And they don't like they don't. You have to like appeal multiple times. You have to like put the same appeal in, and then they don't yeah. tell like they don't tell you if it goes through, if it gets denied, nothing. So like we're in, we're we're in the middle of the studio. It's like one week into a two week long studio time and literally we like opened up our phones and it had changed.
2: Yeah. <laughs> after, we were like, after trying for about a month. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Cause they have no customer support. There's like no customer service. Yeah. I think
0: So my Facebook page, I've just kept the same, but I think I've changed the name on it three or four times over the mm-hmm. different iterations because this, the whole project didn't start as a podcast. Mm-hmm. and I think for the first two years I had maybe like 14 likes but I like I really like this name or some variation of this name so I'm going to publish it and yeah. I'm going to post something because then I have a record of saying yep this is mine on this date. Right. Yeah, date right, right. if you come after me <laughs> um, yeah but yeah the name change god it sucks <laughs>
2: that's annoying so annoying I mean thankfully Arabella works and it sounds nice and like we'll never have to change it ever again um, yeah that was that,
1: that was really nice and it was one of the biggest problems was like finding a name that a wasn't already taken because like you know music is so saturated now with bands band names and variations of band names that it's hard to find uh you know certain stuff and in fact you know one of uh one of our homie bands they just got uh like a season. Yeah. And they were like blowing yeah. up. They were, they were on the up and up and they, you know, just got signed and they were charting in France and they were doing all these really good things. And, uh, some no name artist that had their same name before they became a band, she had put out music first. Uh, but this band, our, our friend's band had like, you know, tens of thousands of followers on Spotify and streams and all this stuff. And she had like 80 followers on Spotify
2: yeah. and like 20 <laughs> likes on Facebook and stuff like that. Sends them a cease and desist, <laughs> wins in a court battle. But it's because she got that trademark first. Right. Uh, and we actually, when <laughs> um, we were picking this name, we were like looking for uh, matches, seeing if anybody had it already. And the only thing we found, uh, I think it was me, we, I was like, only other person is a weird acapella trio of sixteen year old girls. It's like from the Baltimore. Dixie Chicks. Like yeah. literally it's can, like the and they're called the Arabellas. Yeah. I said I wanted to play a fucking show with them. I thought that would be sick. <laughs> yeah. And then we got the copyright and it was like, okay, well they're a problem now. Like obviously, we don't care enough. Yeah, to go after we're not gonna. Anybody. Yeah,
1: why would we send them there? We yeah. looked at their page. They're doing it for fun. They yeah. like to play for like. Why the?
2: Why would we do that to them? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. We were just like, we got it. It's ours now. It's fine. We don't have to worry about that happening.
0: <laughs> How did you um, guys come up with the name in the first place? I mean, were you just pulling words out of a hat? And
2: uh, kind of. We were honestly. basically We're looking at other stuff and like trying to find like for what fit us perfectly. We were looking at things we liked. So I know he looked at like comic book stuff. I looked at, uh, anime stuff. Um, and eventually, uh, I was playing, uh, I just got a PS4 and I was playing the newest uncharted game, the like last one, and he was looking for something from Marco Polo, like an explorer. And I was like, pirate ships. That's a good one. And I just started like Googling pirate ships and Arabella was a pirate ship. And I was like, fuck yeah. It was just ARA though. Yeah. It was ARA. And then we changed it to ERA and, uh, found out that in Spanish and in Italian that translates to, she used to be beautiful. And for like our emo selves, that was like perfect. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. That's
0: where that came from. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, you're good. That's, that's where that came from.
0: I just want to back it up real quick. Connor for you and Austin, did you say when you were first meeting Chris and you're doing the different tryouts, I mean, did you have, of sound or an idea of where you wanted to take the band and what you were looking for, in a-
1: nothing that was, yeah, so nothing that was concrete because at the time, so at the time of Without a Sound Disbanding and Known by Numbers, which was what we were before Arabella, you know, when that transition was going on, I was very big into Bullet for My Valentine, so uh, I, I that had that kind of sound in my head. I was like, let's do that. That's like a modern day Metallica still hadn't lost that shit yet. And <laughs> I was like, you know, that was like a modern day, you know, Metallica and, you know, they were doing really well and their sound was really good and catchy and, you know, I wanted to do that. And then, um, Austin kind of had a bit of a different idea uh, and
2: then I had a completely different. idea. Yeah. And then
1: <laughs> uh, we didn't have we didn't have any other vocalist. I was going to do all the vocals. And then that's when Austin was like, well, hey, I know this guy, Chris. Uh, let's bring him in. And we brought him in. He did, you know, did a couple runs. I think we played like a, a day to remember cover or something and then something else. And we were like, yeah, you're in.
0: Or was it like the the clouds parted and the sun comes shining down? Like this, this is the guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of how it was because Austin and I had been in <coughs> without a sound uh, the band prior. Um, for I was in it for about a year. He was only in it for a couple months, and uh, you know, so him and I and and him and I bonded immediately over heavy metal. Like he, I, he was like one of his favorite bands is Iron Maiden, and I was like dude, I love Iron Maiden, just instantly gravitated. So, you know, from, you know, once that punk rock band disbanded, we were like, let's make a metal band, dude. Let's like do this. And that, and, and, you know, again, around that same time was when I was really getting into metalcore. And so when Chris kind of came into the picture, it was kind of a culmination
2: of like, all right, we're a metalcore band. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. It's basically that. And he would like talk about bullet and things like that. And I would be like, all right, that's cool. But, like, here's that, but it's, like, sad. Check but, it out. it's still cool. it's <laughs> still like, cool. This is a band called Silverstein. <laughs> but, yeah, stuff like that, basically. Um, Yeah, it was interesting when we met um, to – because I didn't know what they really wanted either. Um, I was just wanted to be in a band. Uh, we truthfully didn't either. We yeah. had, like, a rough vision, but we really didn't know. Nobody knew what we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, we thought we knew what we wanted to do. And in hindsight, we had no idea what we wanted to do.
0: <laughs> Wait, how <much laughs> funny how that works. Were you guys playing together and just doing covers and stuff before you started putting that <laughs> yeah. album together? And-
1: um, we did two. The first show we did, we did, like,
2: all covers and then two originals. Yeah, we did uh, what he said, three covers, two originals, and, like, slowly worked the covers out as we wrote more music because we played, I think, one show and then lost the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> that we had at the time like a week and a half yeah later. and like you know drummers are hard they're hard to find <laughs> uh, so we spent the next like months months on months looking and figuring it out and like trying to write music without a drummer uh while we also didn't really know what our writing process was yet either uh so really it, we, we had like a nine month span in between our first and second show, which is hilarious. <laughs> like really almost, did. almost the full year went by. Yeah. Um, yeah, really that like gave us a lot of time to try to figure out what we wanted to do. And I think it helped. It helped us get, get through a lot of like bullshit that would have taken a lot longer to get through had we had all of our members and were playing shows the whole time. Um, so I think it worked out as good as it could have. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, according to the internet, you guys formed officially in 2017.
2: Right. That, that's, Arabella did. That's when the rebrand yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, like 2017 is when we switched everything and like figured out really what we wanted to do with ourselves and as a, as a group.
0: Big time. So, yeah. How long have you guys been playing together then?
2: Since, like us two, since uh, 2014, I think. So, seven years yes i was 21 yeah seven years for sure
1: damn
0: (laughs) (laughs) so putting the the first so you guys have two eps out now Mm -hmm. what putting that first one together what was that like i mean
2: um it was weird because we were we didn't still didn't really know what we were doing we just knew we wanted to be more professional with how we approached everything. Yeah. Uh, So we have a friend, Jimmy, who worked with uh, the producer for that EP, Josh Schroeder. And we looked up his like catalog of everything he had worked on um, and saw names like The Plot in You and In Heart's Wake and uh, things like that, you know? Uh, And those were huge bands to us. So we were like, if this guy says yes, that's incredible. Cause that means it's a guy that had his hands in all these albums that we really appreciate and respect, and he'll be able to help us develop and go further. Uh, And we hit him up and we sent him a song uh, that we had written before Giovanni had joined. And he was like, I don't know. This is kind of like, uh, hodgepodge of things instead. Oh, he trashed it, let's let's
1: be real here He
2: straight up was like, <laughs> he was polite this is about it, not good But like, he was like, you guys, you guys need work Need work, <laughs> yeah, and then we were like, okay Well, that was from a bit ago This is what we have now And he's like, this is definitely a step in the right direction And this is something That has a bit more potential It was actually the song Cracks That's, yeah. the, that's we sent him, if you listen To the first record, I think the first track
1: on that Record is Cracks Um It was like the demo version. Yeah. And we had sent that to him and he was like, Yo, this is so much better. How what what's the timeline like from this first song you sent me in the second song? We were Mm -hmm. like only a couple months. And he was like, All right. Yeah. And that's what enticed him. And then we
2: started working out details. Yeah. And went and worked with him for a couple weeks. Um and that was really cool in and of itself, the fact that somebody like that said yes. Uh, and then being able to go do that and be in a professional studio environment. Um, was incredible. It, it, it pushed us a lot harder and helped take out a lot of guesswork for us because we didn't, before that, we didn't know exactly how much of it was going to be on us as a band and how much of it was going to be on the producer. And it helped us figure out that relationship so we could develop even further after that would be released. Josh was great. He gave us a lot of like uh, direction, gave us a lot of pointers and yeah, it was awesome. It was a great experience.
0: Do you guys ever get on the other side of the the rec- recording studio on the technical side, you know, working? Well, the engineering side. For
2: That's more, yeah, it's more Austin. Yeah, um, I was gonna say outside of our own demos, not really. Um, but we do work, like Austin is the main handler of that stuff. Uh, so we'll all come up with ideas or work on whatever we're working on separately. And then whenever we meet up again, the next time he'll, uh, help put it together for us and really kind of tighten it up so that it can be tightened up again (laughs) the next time, you know? Yeah.
0: And how has it gotten easier then for you on your, your most recent one came out this year, the familiar gray.
2: Um, that was amazing. So we got to go, uh, that came together exponentially yeah. better than yes. uh, kingdoms. Did. Right. And it, I, I think it's because like I talked about before kingdoms gave us insight for how much was like on us. Uh, so when we were able to go work with Bo, we knew what was going to be like, expected of us that time around. Um, so that made the process, exponentially better because we knew what we were supposed to be doing and again we were working with a a different like professional who also like knew what he was doing and had also been doing it both those guys had been doing what they've been doing for 10 plus years you know and working with Bo was mind-blowing to me because uh uh he's a guitarist in Seosin and he writes pretty much all their music and I've he's like the brainchild behind a lot of I listened to stuff. that I listened to that band since I was twelve years old but being able to drive across the country uh, he's based out of California <laughs> so the drive and it's in and of itself is a lot different than the first time because Josh lives in uh, Michigan so six hours compared to 30 hours <laughs> uh, yeah it was it was incredible um seeing. And hearing everything that he did with our music was baffling. Uh, And even like the time, like when we would go back to, we stayed at an Airbnb and like each day,
1: you know, his process was much different than Josh's process. Right, right. Which kind of made it seem that like each producer, every producer's probably got their own style and process and way they do things. So like we would leave the studio and he would have like a rough mix whether it was instrumental or it had rough vocals over and we get
2: it back and be like, Oh shit, yeah. we really got something here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You know. Um, he basically, he would give us homework, <laughs> you know, he yeah. like, all right, this is like what we did today. And this part's cool. This part's eh. go home and try to think of something for it. And I'm going to try to think of something for it here and we'll come with our ideas tomorrow, see what we got. Uh, and yeah, it, it was cool. Um, he, he was great. I, we, we, don't have enough good things to say about Josh and we really don't have enough good things to say about Bo either. They're both fantastic at what they do. Um, We got to, uh, we didn't have a drummer actually when we went to work with Bo. Uh, And so originally we thought, Oh, we're probably just gonna have to program, you know, do that whole thing. Uh, Then we were talking to him about it. But Day one, we showed up. Uh, and he, like, had a plan for the drums and everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, Well, we talked to him about it a few weeks, like, via email. I guess, yeah, yeah yeah, 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 And he uh, let us know about uh, this guy named Alan. And Alan's in a band called Vise and Hail the Sun. Um, and just a crazy talented drummer. Uh, Bo. Super uh, cool dude. Great guy. Great yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, like... <laughs> When it really counts, we got really lucky because all the people we deal with that like have a huge impact on our like music and have their hands in our band and in our product and who we are have all been like super great, super incredible. Um, and yeah, Alan was fantastic. Uh, Bo basically said like he's amazing what he does. He'll be able to like give his spin on things, give like a drummer's perspective on things and be able to like tweak things that you have. Uh, and he'll be able to hook you guys up with a good price. And he did. And then Bo took it upon himself. We didn't know this, but he, so Bo has like a home studio. Um, He converted and finished his garage so that it's a really, really nice studio room. Um, And he's like, Oh, we're not doing drums here. And we were like, Oh God, we're already like dirt poor from all of this. We can't afford to go to another studio and pay for it. And he's like, Oh no, I took care of it. It's fine. And we were like, You're like, what? Why? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: It was like, you you know, I was like, dude, you don't know us. You didn't need to do that. We're not special. And then we showed up to the studio and saw. It was Signature Sound Studio in San Diego. Diego. Yeah. And we showed up and saw like a a gold or platinum, whatever, enema of the state from Blink-182 on the wall. And like their self-titled album on the wall. And like the U's had recorded there. Yeah. share recorded there and like seeing all these pictures and we were just like, we can't even believe we're here right yeah. now. That's and like, nonetheless, so so recording else. music here
0: Did I hit my uh, head on the way here. What's
2: going on? Yeah. Right. Right. pretty much. Right, right. yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. kind of how it was. Yeah.
3: What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Where What's are we?
2: <laughs> What's going on right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was incredible. That's definitely like benchmark moment for sure. Where I was like, wow, we're like creating something here where all these amazing bands and performers and artists also created something here.
1: Like, and it wow. seemed like the juices just flowed like just yeah, yeah. always like when, like again that day in the studio when they took it we took it song by song part by part alan would step up and bo would just say hey man why don't you give me a two-steppy part right here and he would just yeah and like he would really just go to town on it and it would be like
2: yeah you nailed that that's perfect we really don't need to do a second take right fucking flawless yeah crazy crazy and it really, translates like the the drums on that EP sound phenomenal. Yeah. everything on that EP sounds phenomenal. Um, very proud of it. Yeah, yeah, super proud of it. And then COVID came along and kind of <laughs> derailed things a bit.
1: Yeah, that was the unexpected. Yeah,
2: you know, we had to pay. We had to pay for all that success.
1: You know, one way or the other, not just dollar amounts. No, we had to pay for that uh, exponentially more
0: than that. So how do you guys hold up during COVID? I mean, were you still able to? get together at all you know safely of course or at least
2: Zoom and um, kind of
0: bounce ideas around or even yeah
2: them. so we would uh for a while we wouldn't meet up um because we were taking like take it seriously you know like we all like self-quarantine isolated in our respective where we lived uh then as uh like jobs started opening back up again. Like I'm just a server outside of the music thing. Um, So when it went into phase whatever, and it was like outdoor dining only, uh, we started to think, well, I mean, we all have to go to work now and see people anyways. We might as well start meeting up again and like, so we can stay sharp and stay creative. And uh, yeah, we started going back to our like weekly practices, um, social distance and everything um and i think honestly on top of keeping uh our like musical senses sharp it honestly just helped our mental health immensely more than anything uh seeing like our friends again um i think that was the biggest helper and helped us get out of uh like our creative our collective creative rut you know because at the beginning of lockdown i can't lie it was frustrating because none of us had any drive or motivation, uh, to do anything because we had this game plan for the familiar gray to come out. We had a show lined up with all of our friends. Uh, we had a label and a management agency. We had like a team behind us. We, we had a plan, you know, and it just got blown up. <laughs> um, but that's not, you know, and, and like, it's, It sucks
1: for us. And we, you know, for a while there, we were taking it personal because, you know, we had this was something that we had worked and grinded our asses for for months and truthfully years. And, you know, to see it come apart by something that was completely out of our control. Right. You know, and then at the same time, you know, we had to remind ourselves that it's not personal. This is happening to everyone. And there are bands and groups and people that, you know, are affected much worse than we've been affected by it. You know, it just... It, it it really was a big downer that we had all these plans and these you know we were getting booked for big boy tours and we were you know working on stuff like that and and just to see it all kind of be essentially ripped away from us was you know it it for a couple months there it really killed it, it killed our motivation it killed our drive it it you know it took a big old shit on everything and we kind of just fell into this slump and you know because we weren't meeting up you know, we weren't writing, we weren't doing anything like that. It was just this,
2: you know, very, very low point in our career. And we couldn't even put out the the EP that we worked super hard on that. We were really excited. For. Yeah. That got yes. pushed. I
1: mean, that kept getting pushed yeah. back uh, part, you know, partially in part because the distribution company orchard, uh, which is I think located in the UK uh, they were having problems. Like they were shut down and having problems. So they couldn't distribute and, and, get our music out to Spotify and Apple and all these other places. And, you know, um, the only, the only, the one thing that actually came out on time was the first single, I wish you weren't welcome, which came out in March. Uh, that was the, that was the one thing that actually came out on time and went according to plan. Everything else was just like a fucking hail Mary. (laughs) Let's try this, push it back here, do this, that, and the other. Um, we're actually, Doing the EP release show that we were supposed to do over a year ago, <laughs> back in May of 2020, in August. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're doing that show in August as like a makeup rain check. Um, you know, but and the thing is, is that you know, so this record, The Familiar Gray, came out and you know, complete any success that it's had is completely online. We haven't been able to tour. Play shows, sell CDs, uh, you know, promote it in the way that we would have normally promoted that, that any band would have normally promoted it. You know, it was all online. And when you're on when it's just all online, you can only push something so far and still have it you know, be relative because the way music is taken in nowadays, you can hear the best album in your life and be obsessed with it. But you're only going to be obsessed with it for about two weeks, maybe you know, a couple of weeks, maybe a month or whatever, depending on how good it is. And then, you know, you shelf it and move on to the next thing. And that's, you know, what we were terrified of and afraid of. And, you know, we pushed it for as long as humanly possible, you know, it still do. You still, yeah, <laughs> still do. Um, you know, we have a new single coming out uh, later this summer uh, which I'm pretty excited for. And then, you know, the plan is to just, again, the way music is, is taken in now has kind of changed the game a little bit to the point where, you know, in order to stay relevant and continue to to, to to stay in front of people's faces, you need to continuously put out content, new music and all that other stuff. And, you know, because we don't have, you know, again, COVID ruins everything. You know, we don't have anyone backing us anymore. We don't have anyone funding things anymore. So the plan is now just to put out singles on a fairly regular continual basis, you know, on a couple month basis to to really just keep things relevant, keep people coming back. Um, you know, and I, I think that you're going to see more bands and artists do things that way. There are, they're all yeah,
2: already it's doing. kind of like a transition like yeah. that. It, it really, even just the process of doing that single that he's talking about was way different than the other two EPs. Um, Cause we did it with Bo again, but we did it over Zoom. Uh, we went to our friend who's a producer and basically he just tracked it for us, you know, and Bo was, uh, live on zoom and we would go over takes, uh, and then he would say, okay, uh, let me dip out for an hour. I'm going to work on this and you guys should work on this and we're going to meet back up and see how things go. And we just did that periodically for two days, I think. Um, just checking in with each other for like fifteen minute periods of time every hour. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was super, super different and strange. Um, still fun, not as fun, but yeah, had to do what you had to do, you know. Out of curiosity, this is totally this is totally off topic, but out of curiosity, how did you find out about us? Oh, is
1: it? well? Oh, shit. You were at the show? Damn, I feel like an ass bag now. I, no, no worries. Dude, no <laughs> worries. Did you? I thought, oh, shit. I thought, I'm sorry. I thought that was somebody. Well,
0: actually, I, I found out about you through TikTok because um, there's a guy really? who actually hooked It up worked! <laughs> kind of. Um, uh, Brandon on there, who I sat down with before the show last week, and uh, shout out to Tim. Uh, he did a reactor shared hey five songs that i like something like that and one of the bands on there was victims i'm like oh yeah. these guys are pretty fucking cool and then yeah. started listening it's more so and more and then all of a sudden they're like we're doing a sh- show in chicago it's like i haven't been to a live show in 18 months i'm crawling right. at the fucking malls right now i need something <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then it's six hours away but the hell i'm going why not yeah, yeah. And, and i was there and i actually well i found an email for um uh, what you call it, for victims and shot an email off to them like, hey, I'm bringing my recording equipment down doing another show. Do you guys want to be on it? And I tried to find everybody else on the ticket. The only other one I could find was strangled and like the day before I was going to email them. they announced that it was going to be on my last show. I'm like,
2: well, right, right. will check that so off
0: and then I'm it. just uh, brought down a pile of business cards. I'm like, well, I'll see who I can corner over at the merch booth, <laughs> which is how I bumped into
2: Chris. <laughs> awesome. Okay. okay makes sense yeah.
0: well actually he was at the, he, you were over at um capital vices, capital
2: vices yeah and i was up running there as well they were up on stage yeah, yeah. And
0: then you moved over and you know i'm kind of disappointed nobody down there has 3xl shirts okay, <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry the sorry industry that. needs to change that <laughs>
2: <laughs> hopefully soon hopefully soon
0: <laughs> yeah I saw you guys up on stage i'm like these are pretty good these guys are really good and then the oh, man, industry,
2: you, industry, you, you like, saw us Spotify. you saw us at like a Seventy five percent full force too. Three of us were very sick. <laughs> don't us, yeah, we yeah. were like no, no
1: don't worry, none of us had COVID. Yeah. We're all vaccinated. Yeah. But like so to give it a little bit of a backstory, like a week prior, there's a really bad like flu cold going around right now. And like it's not
2: COVID, it's just like a it's shitty. A bug. Yeah, it's just a bug. Shitty summer flu bug. Yeah. And I got it
1: and I got it bad.
2: And <laughs> he came to practice and said like it's just allergies. And like it's the summer, so that's what I thought. I, I believed him. It, that's, all, that's what it felt like. It just,
1: it, like, I was yeah. stuffed up. I had drainage, and I was like, it's allergies. I've done this yeah, plenty of times. It's fine. Who gets the flu in the summer? And I got Chris. I got our drummer sick. And then I later on found out I got our guitarist Giovanni sick. Yeah. And the only one that was really able to dodge it was Austin. So Chris and I are both singing with throat lozenges in our mouths. and
2: <laughs> It was one of those uh, shows where... Uh, the guy, the sound sound guy goes, all right, give me a check. And I gave him like the like check one, two, check, and did that one check. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you do it once and you know. I think I learned uh, – uh, I listened to Shane from Silverstein's podcast, and he just uh, interviews other vocalists and talks to them about like their – Pre show ritual and stuff like that. And I think it was Brian from Knocked Loose said he doesn't warm up. He just goes into a room and he does one scream. And he's like, I know off of that one scream exactly how the rest of my night's going to go. And that's how, what it felt like. I knew exactly how the set was going to go. I was like, ah, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> it went
1: well enough. I, I think we were able to kind of recover and, and, and push a little bit because everyone came up and had nothing but, you know, good things to say. So yeah. it, it must have sounded way better out front of house than it did yeah. uh, in, in, our, our in our in-ear <laughs> mix. So that was very reassuring to hear because I got off stage and was like, oh, no. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, coming to find out, things went fine. Yeah. So
0: yeah. A, a, a huge, I'm an audiophile, I, there can be no such thing as too many speakers in my house one day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I go to the venues that, you know, like the bar, like um, the um, WC club, yeah, it's, a, it's their bar and they happen to do music. And then I see, I always wonder, like, is the sound guy working for a band or the bands or is he just the venue guy? How's this going to go? Because I've gone to some shows where they're awesome fucking bands. And the sound quality was this absolute horseshit.
1: Oh, yeah. I think yeah, we've all yeah. been to shows oh, like yeah. that where you're like, I've seen this band before and they don't sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell's going on?
0: Yeah. So I, When I w- first walked in, I'm like, well, I mean, he looks like he knows what he's doing, but uh, well,
1: let's see. Him. He does. So that guy, that guy used to uh, book or not book. He was the sound guy for, uh, I don't know if you remember Mojo's and Juliet before it became The Forge. So Uh, there was a club in, it's now called the forge sick venue. Uh, but before that it was called Mojo's and he was their primary sound guy. And for every big tour package that came there, he was on, he was doing sound for them and they were, they were crushing it. So I think he did a pretty good job that night.
0: No. And actually that was my first time in Chicago for a show. Uh, Well, first time in Chicago since being, before I could actually see over the top of the table. I I grew up in uh, Deerfield and Springfield area. Oh, okay. Yes. And so yeah. went down there a few times yeah. for a Cubs game right. and of course they get rained out every time I'm in the city. So. <laughs>
2: yeah. Got to go to Sox games. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, there's a place up I'm just outside of the Twin Cities basically. And there's a, okay. it's called the Bar and Grill and they mm-hmm. do awesome, awesome fucking shows there. Everything from, I've seen Spite there a handful of times oh, and Effects and Oceano all the way over yeah. to, um, Wind in the Wave and Sean James has done a Damn. show there on a yeah. solo tour.
2: So, Spite is like the most evil sounding vocalist I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. I don't oh know,
1: man. Gosh. I don't know. After seeing Strangled, that that band put heavy yeah. music into perspective yeah. for me. Like I like Spite and I've seen Spite and I listened to Spite and I know they're a violent band, but Strangled was just something just else. <laughs> that was another monster. Like I, It's a bummer they're calling it quits. I'm sure they have their reasons. It's just like, that was, I mean, what a way to go out. Like, what a right. bang to go out
0: on. You know? Like, it's, it's funny. i have seen Spike three, four times and got to shit yeah. to shit, you know, briefly with Darius and a couple of them after the show. And how nice, nice as fucking dudes. they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the nicest people you'd ever hope to meet. Uh, Always. Provided they're not on stage and swinging in every, in every direction. But. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, speaking of the show, I mean, so going in, it's first show in damn near 18 months, and mm-hmm. you're not feeling at 100%. I mean, were you nervous? What's going through your head at that point? I mean, how do you for me, in the mindset me, you need to be in for that?
1: Yeah, so for me, I just tried to fall back into my pre-show rituals, which um, I have vocal warm-ups that I do. Chris does, does the same thing. I usually do them about 30 minutes before I get on stage. Um, I don't drink or smoke anything, uh, at least two nights before. Um, you know, so I, I make sure that everything is, is going well. I, I practice and play. Um, I, I didn't really start feeling it until I got, I was like on stage. Like I didn't really start feeling it because so, uh, as we were loading my gear on stage, I, I, picked up my side of the cab too much and my pedal board, I had everything stacked up. Like, I had my cab, my head and then my pedal board, which was open and connected everything. I fucking picked it up up the stairs and it just, the pedal board just toppled over, spilled all my pedals all over the place. This is as we're loading on and I'm just like, holy shit. Like I was just like, perfect. Like, why not? Like what, First show back in 18 months, why the fuck wouldn't this happen? And so I spent most of the time getting everything all set up and resituated, and it ended up being fine. Um, but uh, it didn't really occur like the, the butterflies didn't really set in until we were loading on for me. Like that's 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 when it kind of set in for me. And I was able to look out over that crowd and was like, there's a shitload of people here. Like this is a show. God damn. And like as soon as as soon as the set kicked off, I was like. To me, it sort of was like back on the saddle type deal. I was like, all right, like shake off, you know, shake off the dust, get back at it. You know, maybe there's going to be some kinks that happen or, you know, maybe some things that were like, oh, yeah, don't fucking do that. Or, oh, yeah, remember to do that. You know, whatever. Um, For me, it was remembering to tune in between each song. Uh, That was kind of one of the bigger things for me to remember to do. Uh,
0: you mean every band doesn't have like eight guitars lined up ready to go? Right?
1: Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Um, and plus, too, we had a we had a shorter set than we're used to, um, and we didn't want to, you know, go over our time. We didn't want to.
2: So thankful for that. Yeah, we like, yeah. Before I was like, oh man, obviously I want to be up there as long as I can. Day of though, I was like, oh thank God. <laughs> like, yeah, and I didn't
1: I didn't want to like, you know, we didn't want to take up anyone's set time or anything like that. So, you know, it was very like, hey let's uh let's get through everything let's make sure it runs all smoothly and you know for not doing a show in 18 months for three out of the five of us being just not feeling 100 percent um you know i think we crushed it like I, I think i think we did you know as just as good of a job you know that we could have and you know i think every band was probably feeling a little bit of the same. Like. 18 months, you know, plus for some bands, you know, it it was almost two years for some bands and uh, you know, so it was just, uh, it it was kind of some different, you know, it was, it was a good feeling. It felt good to be back. Yeah. Um, It felt good to kind of hear the roar of that
2: crowd. So, yeah, it was uh, like that day in general was just kind of different. Like it, the show days were always different, but it was like a different kind of different. Um, seeing like, I, I think the first person I saw was uh, Kevin from Capital Vices. And it was I haven't seen you in over a year, you know. Uh, and like the only interaction we've had is us talking about like we both love baseball and like play the show on PlayStation. Like, and these are people that only we've seen. The interaction is like talking about like how's your how's your guy doing? Like he's like yeah. oh finally made it to the majors. And like my guy's still in AAA, whatever. And being able to like talk about like the show and like music and see like oh holy crap, there's Meredith and like there's John and yeah, like it was a uh, it was wild seeing like friends that you hadn't seen in years. Uh, in the environment that you're used to seeing them. And Once, twice, every yeah, month or two. It was a weird, like, deja vu feeling, but, like, obviously, you know, you know, like, it was an actual deja vu. Uh, yeah, it was just different, for sure. It was felt like a different kind of day, in a good way.
0: How did it feel after the show? I mean, were you just riding the high?
2: Um, the I was honestly...
0: <laughs> I, I, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of in my head. Um, cause I knew I didn't sound as good as I could have if I was, uh, if I wasn't sick. Um, so it took me like a, uh, good hour or so to like pull myself out of that. But like I have great friends and like a great girlfriend and they were very much there to like make sure that on a day that I was supposed to be like stoked and happy that I was stoked and happy. Um, so they did a good job of pulling me out of that headspace. Uh, and I still had like an amazing, incredible night, and so much fun, and so happy to see all my friends and see all my friends kill it, and see uh, like victims that night really just like demolish the place with how amazing they were. Um, yeah, it was definitely like uh, I had to find that high to ride it, you know. <laughs> uh, but I did, and like that's what that's what matters for me. At
1: first, when I got off when I got off the stage, because again our in-ear mix, I didn't like it. It didn't sound very good. Um, you know, in our, in, in our in-ear mix and I got off stage and was like, that wasn't it. That was not it. We have played way better than that. That was not it at all. You know? And then again, kind of coming to find out, you know, people were coming up to us and being like, not the case, dude, you guys slayed very, very well done, mm-hmm. you know? And so that, again, that sort of picked me up and I was like, Oh, really? Like, like, did it sound okay? Like it, You know, like all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, dude, like for real, you're over fucking thinking it. You're really too much in your head. And, you know, I think that's kind of normal. Like we hadn't played a show in 18 months. Again, three of us had just kind of come off of being sick. And, you know, so you kind of had this like. Uh, there was, you know, there was this like uh, sort of this down feeling, like kind of putting ourselves down and being in our own heads and being like, man, that we could have done way better. And you know, hearing other people come up, you know, people that we didn't know that it's one thing when your friends come up and say you guys killed it, but it's another thing entirely when people you don't know are like stopping you through the crowd and going, yo, that was insane. And I was like, all right, this is making me feel a little bit, yeah, better. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was an interesting dynamic again, being. <laughs> doesn't have to be stressed out because I'm not performing just here to enjoy the show right it's almost like the crowd is like what do we do here again like we he mosh here <laughs> that's what I felt too
2: and like I <clears throat> these are real they're <clears throat> prescription I have astigmatism and everything so like I don't them when I play um my vision is very blurry and like yeah I couldn't see anybody really doing anything until everybody was doing stuff oh my gosh I just elbowed my dog sorry um And uh, I remember, like, looking up one song in and not feeling too confident about how I was doing, but still seeing people just, like, going at it and, like, two-stepping and crowd surfing and me being able to, like, pull people on stage from crowd surfing so that they could stage dive and stuff. That was definitely, like, a... Uh wow holy shit like people are getting into it and people are getting like back at it yeah that's when I it felt, felt good that's awesome yeah that's yeah, when it yeah, felt
1: yeah. for me like the first song we opened up with i think is a good opener because it's definitely not our heaviest song but it's 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 arguably one of our more it's definitely one of our more melodic songs so yeah. like people were bobbing their heads like yeah this is good this is good this is good and then the second song hesitation anxiety has a really nasty breakdown at the end of it and uh actually has a Nasty breakdown in the middle and at the end of it, and that's when people were like, fuck, yeah, and just immediately started opening up, bodies started coming up, actually, there's a funny picture that somebody took, I think it was Jake Merchant that took this picture, Chris had just, like, pulled this kid who was crowd surfing, pulled him up off the crowd and down kind of onto the stage, and I was like, I don't know why I was going to come over and help, I don't know what I was going (laughs) to do, I'm playing guitar, I don't know what I'm going to stop and... So I came over, but I'm like, I, there's, I'm like my,
2: like both my and Chris's baseball, like, Oh, uh, like we're like, dude, like you could tell, like we were just so stoked thing, about it. That was a funny thing to get back, get back into again was uh, getting the pictures back and seeing all the stupid faces we were making the whole set. Yeah. Like <laughs> seeing like <laughs> the candid moments that were captured of us. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, well, during that shows me the crowd surfing, uh, I'm the younger me I'm 33 now and the younger me want to go into the mosh pit yeah the the wisdom in me goes you've had low back pain and hip issues for the better part of this year That's not a good idea I'm like yeah okay yeah we're just gonna park it at the back and have a good time but during the strangled set when uh I can't think of his name the taller guy bald uh, yeah the Bronson looking dude the 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 when he post up a surfer out of the crowd and walk three steps and threw him back into the crowd one-handed like it was nothing like holy shit yep we're back
1: (laughs) dude yeah that again that that dude alone i was like you're terrified (laughs) (laughs) you're fucking terrified (laughs) holy shit and those two vocalists are brothers i didn't know that no shit yeah they're brothers i didn't know that either (laughs) yeah
0: but so moving forward here, you got one more show under the belt now, finally, and you have another one coming up in August. When's that?
2: August 21st. 21st.
0: And where can people go to find tickets and stuff if they're down and can be in the Chicago area?
2: Uh,
1: I believe it's if you go to if you go to the Bottom Lounge's website, they're going to have it there. Uh, you can go find you go to the I, I don't know the actual uh, I think it's ticket web. I think it is. I think it is. Ticket um, web.
2: We also on all of our socials, how there's like a targeted link at the top, right under our bio, that link right now is for tickets to that show. Uh, so if you go on our Facebook, on our Instagram or Twitter, I think even our TikTok. Uh, <laughs> and it's all Arabella band. Like yeah.
1: it, it's like yeah. the same across the board. Arabella. Twitter is Arabella band. Instagram is Arabella band. Mm-hmm. Facebook is Arabella band. Look up our Facebook. It's on, it's on our events uh if you go to our instagram it's the link is in our bio same thing with our twitter um you know so yeah you know any anywhere there go to the bottom lounge's website um go to any of the other bands victims actually just got announced for our uh, ep release show
2: they're they're playing as well yeah. so we got a really great lineup um it's going to be uh joyful which is this amazing uh kind of like emo band uh then we have when we was kids uh that's going to be more of like a that band survive that band, band is one of my favorite local yeah. bands they're fucking crazy incredible then we have uh like our brother band a band we've done a lot of stuff with speaking with ghosts and they're just like this incredibly tight uh metalcore band uh then victims uh and then the band actually that he talked about that had the, the name issue uh their name is sorakai uh they're this incredible pop punk band so it's like a really solid, uh, you get some heavy, some sad, some poppy, like a good diverse lineup. I've found too that like, you
1: know, we've all been to the shows where it's like the same type of band, right? On on, like, you get the same five bands to the point where at the end of the night, you've like heard the same breakdown three or four times. Just from different bands. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and it's just kind of, you know, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if that's like what you're going for, but like, I've just kind of found, I used to book shows uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, I used to book shows. And, um, you know, so I found that the best drawing shows and the most people would leave the shows feeling more fulfilled and like they saw something really cool was when you had those mixed genre shows. You know, when you get pop punk bands with, with death metal bands, with metalcore bands, with hardcore bands, and you get this diverse crowd. And you get people that expose to new music, they're like, "Oh shit, I didn't know I would actually like that. That was pretty dope."
2: Yeah, Pitkins did a really good job. They got that uh, Starletta. Uh, yeah, they did the same type of thing yeah, with this yeah, last yeah. show.
0: Yeah, um, I was talking to him after his set. Yeah, was like, that was that was incredible. That was a, kind of a pop hip hop singer get mixed into a metal show, and yeah. hearing his story and everything behind that, that was cool as hell. Yeah, no, he and was incredible to for doing that.
1: Super great. I I thought, thought, it. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. I thought for sure. For sure I thought he was going to play uh, Toto's Africa. I thought that I thought that was coming. I like I was standing in the back like I'm fucking ready for it, dude. As soon as you open up with it. A- <laughs> what uh, what else
0: can what else can we look forward to from you coming down the pipeline? You know, um see so we're about halfway through 2021, where you got yeah.
2: So we have uh that show coming up. We have uh the single that we talked about a bit earlier. Uh that's going to be coming out around the same time hopefully a little bit before that show so we should have a new single coming out here in like a month uh with a music video uh and it's great it's definitely like it's it's one of our uh, like an ass beater song so it's going to be on the heavier side um and we're still working on uh some more music as well to do more singles it's going to be more of the like emo melodic stuff yeah as soon as we put out this heavy um, banger we're going right back, right back, the back into stuff. the sad yeah. stuff. <laughs> uh yeah. Basically like new single, new show, uh, more shows after that. Um, and then we're going to figure it out from we're
0: there. Doing some shows in Minnesota, Twin Cities area. That would be.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <We're>, so that's, <laughs> that's kind of, so 2022
1: is kind of when we want to start doing like hitting the rest of the Midwest. Originally what we were going to do is we were going to do, you know, small runs, weekend runs, you know, small tours around, uh, the Midwest and really kind of fortify the regional presence. So getting up there into Minnesota is absolutely on the chopping block.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, 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 them too much. I should really figure out who to contact over there, but Amsterdam bar grill. It's a yeah. uh, lower town, St. Paul area. Heck yeah! If you can do a show there, the, the Minnesota metal crowd is awesome. And
1: dude, yeah. send us the and deets, man. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Send us the deets.
0: But one last question for you here mm-hmm. uh, for anyone that's listening, they're looking to start a band or maybe they're, they have a band, but they're trying to figure out the next steps for themselves or like recording an album, finding a, getting a tour going, finding a manager, whatever the case may be. What kind of advice would you throw out for them? Take
2: everything very seriously. Um, do everything 100% and as professionally as you can. Uh, like I know, I know your friend with their little home studio is probably great, but nothing can replace the experience and the advice and the insight that a professional in any field of music can offer. So if you're looking to record an EP or an album, don't cheap out, spend the money, spend the money, go save up, go to a professional. If you're looking to book a tour, uh, spend the money, spend the money, find somebody that can, help you out uh, that knows what they're doing and can keep you afloat while you're on that tour. Basically, whatever you're going to do, don't half-ass it. I would say also to, to kind of piggyback off of that,
1: um, know who your band members are Mm -hmm. because uh, not everyone is built for this life. Not everyone is built for the rock and roll. A lot of people think they are, but uh, a lot of people aren't. You know, a lot of people really don't know, and you you sometimes find that out at a critical point when it's like, you know, hey man, you know, why didn't this come up sooner? So a lot of it is kind of fi- getting a general idea of how serious you know the rest of the band wants to take it. Right. You know, figure- basically like communicate. Yeah. You know? figuring that type of stuff yeah. out, figuring out your sound, you know, what you guys want to do. I mean, our biggest problem was that you had for the longest time we we had five people being like, we want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be this. I want to do this. And you know, it, yeah. it caused kind of, you know, this riff and sort of setback type stuff. So, you know, yeah, you know, take it seriously. You know, if, if you want to be serious, take it seriously. If you want to do jam bands and garage stuff, that's fine. But you know, you, you know, you need to make sure that everyone's on the same page because if you got two guys that are like, we want to dump our lives into this. And then you got two other guys, three other guys, whatever being like, nah, and then you got to figure something out. Um, you know, there's a lot of kinks to work out with being in a band. It takes a certain kind of person. You got to get along to go along. Um, and, you know, just, uh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to push, you got to push for it. Mm-hmm. You can't half ass it. Yeah.
2: Just got a whole ass everything. Whole ass everything. That's got to be it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you again, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. Thank you,
3: thank you so much for having us. This was awesome.
0: Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in this week and each and every week. I really appreciate it, whether you're listening on an audio-only platform or you're checking out the YouTube channel. Make sure you follow the show both on Facebook and Instagram. That way you can keep up to date with future guests and live recordings. You can find it on on both sites, at Rules of the Arena Podcast. And many of you has, have asked me, how can you help out? If you'd be so kind, head over to Apple Podcasts or Audible or wherever you're listening and drop a review and make sure you drop a comment on there as well. Let me know what you think of the show. And if you like the show, make sure you go out and tell people about and ask them to listen in or share it on Instagram and Facebook with your friends and family. And if you'd like, you can also click the link in the episode notes where I have a little tip jar set up. And, or you can just head over to patreon.com slash rules of the arena. And you, I ask you just donate one buck a month. It's, it really helps me out and helps keep Casey busy down at Blind energy Studios. And allows me to bring you new shows by bringing the, all the equipment everything out on the road. And also, we do have the website now up and running. There's And you can see what's going on. Uh, down the road there you can also go check out the new merch store got some t-shirts sweatshirts and some cell phone cases pillows blankets the whole works and more is on the way i'm going to be doing a limited run uh, release with uh, j.e collins photography and along with cohen hamelslang out of australia who you might recognize him from an earlier episode and last but not least uh, please go check out my other show called no story left behind you can follow nslb on facebook and instagram as well that's under no story left behind All episodes are released on its own feed, wherever you find podcasts, but I have the episodes on YouTube under the ROA channel, so just click on the NSLB playlist I have up there. Last, if you have any questions or concerns, show ideas, or would like to be a guest on the show, shoot me an email, gordon at blindindistudios.com. Thank you, everyone, and we will catch you next time.